0: Welcome in to the Tide Talk podcast presented by TideTalkSports.com. Stacy Blackwood here. And earlier today, Lane and I were joined by Roger Hoover of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Uh, we were able to catch up with Roger for a few minutes to talk a little bit about this 2020 Alabama football team. Kind of what happened this last weekend in Columbia, Missouri against the Missouri Tigers. And then we looked ahead a little bit to the matchup this weekend the home opener for the Tide against the Texas A&M Aggies. So we appreciate Roger's time. But before we send you off to the interview, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. And also head over to our website, TideTalkSports.com. Remember, that is free premium content. We do not charge a thing for any of our content. And, and we cover all athletics. We don't just cover football or basketball. We, we try to cover a little bit of everything. And uh, we appreciate everyone checking into that. Make sure you check out the new YouTube channel, Alabama Football News and Rumors, presented by Chat Sports. We got a great team there between us and Chat Sports, and we're doing great things there. So make sure you are subscribed to that channel as well. All right, we're going to send you off to an interview with Roger Hoover. We really appreciate everyone listening, and roll tide. All right, we are joined by Roger Hoover of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Roger, we're really excited to have you on. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, Roll Tide, guys. It's great to be with you and talk some Alabama football. It's just nice to have football back. I feel like we spent the entire summer kind of talking about, all right, could we play on this date? Could we see a conference schedule? You know, what are we going to do? And now we kind of know what to do once again, because we're back in that in-season flow of things. And it was so great to see the Crimson Tide get started with a victory on Saturday against Missouri.
0: Yeah, that that, kind of leads up to my my first question was going to be just what was that experience like being able to you know, actually watch a, and cover an actual football game after what was the longest off season ever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was just back to normal, and it really didn't take long. You know, kind of once the team was on the field, and uh, you know that first offensive series for the Crimson Tide, you're just like, okay, this is back to what we do, and you get to see uh, Mac Jones really lead the offense well and connect early with Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris running like normal. Just everything kind of felt better, and I think it was a great way for Alabama to begin the season. But uh, like you mentioned, just the relief was there because, as you mentioned, it was the longest offseason we'd really ever. <laughs> Scene and I felt more like a news reporter more than I did a sports reporter over the summer with some stuff I was doing for the Crimson Tide Sports Network just talking about you know what other conferences were doing what the SEC plan was and I'm really for I'm really glad that the SEC held true to September 26 as a start date and let's just see how the numbers look and there was never panic really getting ready for the season which I think was really important even when there were some issues with either teams having a lot of positive tests or you know in the case of Alabama team didn't have many positive tests but certainly the university did and everybody just continued working through the issues making sure people got healthy and we were able to play football it was a really nice thing
0: yeah i I think i think greg sankey of course and the leaders at the university of alabama and across the sec i mean they 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 need a round of applause for the way this whole situation has been handled and uh, I, i think it kind of speaks to the leadership that this conference has
1: It certainly does. And just uh, Greg Sankey from the first moments of, uh, you know, even the hint of sports coming back in April and May said he was going to be as patient as possible. And that approach really paid off when he was able to look at what the Big Ten was doing and the Pac-12 were doing kind of on their own, not even communicating that well with the other Power Five conferences. He was able to stay true to what his approach was going to be. He mentioned September 26th was going to be the start date, and I think that was a really good thing. I think we're all missing some of those non-conference games but uh, I don't know about you guys. I really enjoyed just a full slate of sec football this past Saturday. And when I look at the games that are scheduled for this upcoming Saturday, uh, it's kind of nice not to have kind of those cupcake matchups or anything like that. And you just know, every time you turn on a game, it's going to be a good game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of, kind of shows that, that Nick Saban is, you know, kind of once again, ahead of the curve, he's been wanting a nine game sec (laughs) schedule for, for many years. And, and I'm with you. the 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 all SEC games that that's right up my alley. I mean, yeah. Saturday I got up and I watched SEC football <laughs> from from eleven o'clock until I went to bed, and that that was just fantastic. And they were all good games. You know, you look at Kentucky and Auburn, and then of course uh, Mississippi State upsetting LSU, and you know Arkansas giving Georgia a scare. I mean, it was just a lot of fun to be able to to digest all those games, and of course we got to cap it off with with Alabama and Missouri uh there in Columbia and uh you know you mentioned that that Mac Jones was able to connect with his receivers early on and you know from from the first snap Mac just looked completely comfortable and and you know something that that I remembered from last week when when Saban mentioned that that Mac needed to stop looking over his shoulder you know and and, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't feel like Mac is looking over his shoulder anymore I feel like he is as you know as Saban said before took the bull by the horns and uh you know he, he seems to be the leader of this of this offense
1: he really does. I thought he managed things really well against Missouri. And, you know, he's 18 of 24, 249 yards, had a couple of touchdown passes to Jalen Waddle uh, and just looked poised the entire time. You never felt like he was going to panic. And that's how I really felt throughout even most of the Auburn game, but especially the Michigan game last year. And just anytime he had the starting assignment, you know, he really took control. I think maybe there was a little bit of what Coach Sarkeesian said, kind of a deer in a headlights moment, you know, against Tennessee when he comes in to replace Tua and then against Mississippi State really didn't get to do very much. Alabama just wanted to get that game over with after right. the Tua injury. But uh, when Mac has known he's going to be the starter, I think his preparation's different and I think his confidence is way different. And I think we saw that once again and now you get to see it for an entire offseason and he's not having to learn a new playbook like he has in the past. Uh, having Steve Sarkeesian back is huge for the offense. I think having Pete Golding back another year big for the defense as well. Just not to have to go through those changes once again but we saw it the most with Mac and I think he's very comfortable with Jalen Waddle you know those guys were hooking up for touchdown passes even going back to 2018 when they were playing late in some of these blowout type games so they have a good chemistry he's got great protection all around him that was the other thing I liked about Mac was you know he was comfortable staying in the pocket even taking a couple of hits but you know for the most part he had all the time he needed because the offensive line was playing so well
2: that's what was gonna be my next question. I was gonna ask you uh, what your overall grade for the offensive line would be, because uh, we saw that they, you know, they played great for most of the game. So I was just wondering what your thoughts and analysis was on that.
1: Yeah, pretty much for the first half and, uh, you know, going into the third quarter, I'd give it an A or an A plus. I mean, they gave Najee room to run. Mack had plenty of time in the pocket. Uh, I think those guys really gelled together. You know, Alex Leatherwood, Landon Dickerson, I think are the two big key pieces for that line, because you saw when those guys left and when Bryce Young came in at quarterback, he didn't have the same amount of time that Mack did in the pocket. And uh, the running game, you know, Trey Sanders really couldn't get much established after uh, those guys were out on the offensive line but in a year like this and alabama was fortunate to have a game like this where they could get some of the younger guys in the line some work late in the game in the fourth quarter because you know with this all sec schedule you know aside from you know maybe florida the Georgia game, Alabama. You know there weren't many teams that could really play a lot of reserves late in the ball game. The rest were all pretty close, tight games. So I think it was fortunate that Alabama got to play those younger guys a bit. But uh, Alabama's first string offensive line, solid as can be. I thought the first half was really dominant because of those guys, and that's why Alabama was able to lead twenty-eight to three going into halftime.
2: Absolutely. Uh, shifting over to the defensive side of the ball, what did you think of the secondary?
1: Secondary, I thought played well. You know, you look at what Daniel Wright and Josh Joe were able to do, kind of leading the way in terms of tackles. Uh, You know, Patrick Sertan only had one tackle in the day, but he was a lockdown corner uh, really disrupting Missouri's passing game. I I thought he was really impressive and just, uh, you know, it's still going to be a work in progress for some of these guys, but it's impressive that they're young guys. They're getting to play uh, like Malachi Moore, Brian Branch. You know, it's exciting to see their development over the next few weeks and, you know, Alabama's very fortunate with a great coaching staff but especially with coach saban at his core being a secondary coach you know that he spends most of the time on the practice field with those guys each and every day and he had six weeks to help get a lot of these young guys ready for this opening game and now he has a lot to teach them um all coaches say you learn the most about your team and you improve the most from the first week to the second week, you know, out there on the practice field, coach Saban's probably not leaving those guys alone, but I really liked what they were able to do. And I think the key of it so much was just having Dylan Moses back. I I don't think you can um, really put a number or percentage of the defense on his shoulders. But I mean, it showed last year when he wasn't playing and, you know, this year getting him back, he helps just the communication so much, not just for the linebackers, but it helps the secondary. ton as well
0: yeah that was Dylan Moses is going to be my next question just just his impact on this team you know obviously the defensive side of the ball and, and kind of more for, for a guy like Christian Harris who who obviously looked much more comfortable uh this last Saturday night you know not having to play such a major role and you know trying to help align the defense he, he was just out there playing football and I think having Dylan was was the biggest factor in that
1: Yeah, it was so fun to see Dylan out there. He had two tackles for a loss. And I think you said it perfectly. Christian Harris, instead of now having to look to the sideline, get the play call, you know, he and Shane Lee having to direct all that traffic at times now he can just take his assignment and what coach Saban's kind of mantra is for this program, do your job. And he really did his job. Uh, I was really impressed by Harris getting to the quarterback, getting in the backfield. And then uh, the Terminator, I'm sure you guys are going to ask me about Will Anderson, man, he was flying around the field as well, uh, making some big plays. And, you know, those guys now have the freedom to do that with Dylan back in his normal role and being uh, really how a three-year starter and senior leader should be.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the Terminator, that, that was, that was going to be a question I asked about in a few minutes. He, uh, like you said, he was just all over the field. And, and, and the thing that, you know, I believe this is probably one of the reasons that he's, he's playing so early is that, you know, what, whatever he decides he's doing or his assignment is, he went uh, 100% at that. And he attacked that, that part of the field, you know, whether they were running the speed option. You know, if he, if he was taking the quarterback, he took the quarterback. And if he was taking the running back, he was taking the running back. And, you know, he, he, he was very physical for, for a true freshman. And, and kind of the defense as a whole, they were extremely physical. And they, they played with an edge that they did not play with at all last season. And, and, and like you mentioned a few minutes ago, that probably has a lot to do with Dylan Moses. And, and you know, everybody just plays a little bit more confident when you've got a good leader there. You know, at that inside linebacker position, and uh, just—it's really exciting to see the, the the Bama defense come back to the you know the standard that they've set. You know, these years under Saban.
1: Yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, the continuity with Pete Golding coming back as well, I think just helps, you know, everything's still named the same. Everything is very familiar in spots where it was last year. And that helps out guys like uh, Christian Harris and the defensive lineman who got to log a lot of playing time last year. Just everything's a lot more comfortable. And then you get Dylan Moses having to lead the way. It just frees everybody up to make plays. And uh, Will Anderson certainly did that. Yeah, it was I was watching some highlights just before we came back on uh, for this interview. You and you know, watching him on that speed option just bury the quarterback right before he pitched the ball. Uh, it really fun to see. You know, I, I think that's the tenacity that people are used to from an Alabama defense, and he's if you. We, keep talking about can Alabama bring the Bama factor back? That was kind of the big theme of last year and it's even spilled over a little bit into this year. Those guys on defense are starting to do that and I think, you know, it was a dominant performance by Alabama's first string defense. I know Missouri got some points late. I think 38 to 19 is a pretty misleading score. Uh, when the one first stringers were in there, it was a blowout and it was a dominant defensive performance and, you know, if those guys play the entire game, Missouri's not getting to the end zone. They're going to have to only settle for those two field goals they had, but uh, I loved what I saw from Alabama's defense. And now I'm even more excited to see it coming up this week against A&M going up against a more seasoned quarterback in Kellen Mond. And he has some more uh, weapons around him. So I think the defense is going to be so much fun to watch coming up this Saturday. I
2: agree 100 percent. And uh, one, I got one more for you before we move on to a preview of Texas A&M's game. Uh will record we saw last year he went for four for seven before he got injured this year i know he didn't kick that much but he's 100 percent you know starting off and that's great to see i know it was just a 34 yarder but uh from what you've seen what do you think we can expect from the kicking team going forward this year
1: I'm saying this knocking on wood in my office right now. Consistency. I, I think if Will can, I, especially for field goals and extra points, and I think that's all Alabama fans really care about. Can he continue to be consistent on field goals and extra points? I think they'll find a way to where he doesn't have to kick off. You know, he doesn't have to punt. Sam Johnson. I thought was fine punting. You know, I had one inside the 20, had a 45-yard punt. I think averaged 39 yards. So, you know, it's not all on Will's shoulders. And I think even early last year, a lot of it probably felt all on his shoulders. And then when he had that nagging injury and just never could get healthy from it, uh, it was just a mess for Alabama on special teams. But if Will Riker can stay in his roles, place-kicking, I think Alabama is going to be really good because I mean, this is the most heralded kicker coming into this program that really Alabama had in the Saban era. And they've always been striving for that consistency. And I think he can be that guy. I thought I saw flashes of it last year before the injuries uh, took away what was going to be a really outstanding freshman year for him. But uh, I think, again, consistency is really going to be the big thing coming up for Will Reichard. And I think Alabama fans can get used to it. And it looks like Sam Johnson may have a pretty good handle on this punting uh job as well so i think that if we can find consistency there that's going to be really good for the crimson tide
2: true and uh sam for the listener's note he's a walk on right
1: i believe so yes so that's certainly good to see and you know i think Ty P ryan did a good job last year and a couple other guys that could be in the mix but it was uh, pretty impressive to see sam get the nod and then perform as well as he did with the three punts on saturday
0: yeah, just getting, and the, the like you've mentioned the the consistency in, in the kicking game is is all Alabama fans are looking for and uh, I, I we believe we we've talked amongst ourselves that that Rikert is going to be that guy and and he would have been that guy last year had mm-hmm. it not been for the injuries so we're really excited to see what he can do this season but but kind of moving on to the to the game this Saturday uh, it, it's it's nice to to be able to come back home to Tuscaloosa and. You know, I'm sure, sure you're going to have a blast covering the game there in T-Town. It looks like it's going to be beautiful weather this weekend. So just a great day for college football this coming Saturday with a, with a good opponent. I know they probably didn't uh, perform the way they probably would have liked against Vanderbilt last week. But ha- have you had a chance to, to look at any of that game from last week, the, from the Texas a and Vanderbilt game? And if so, what are your takeaways from that team?
1: My biggest takeaway, and I didn't get to watch much of that game against Vanderbilt, and I think I was surprised, probably like you guys, that it was only 17 to 12. I really expected AM to really have their way with the, the Vanderbilt Commodores, but that's another thing that points to what's going to be just a season of unknowns around college football and even in the SEC. Uh, you know, AM with Kellen Mond, you know, sometimes he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, sometimes he doesn't. He's kind of similar to uh, Tennessee's quarterback, Jarrett Garantano, who at times can lead teams and look really good and at times can really struggle even against uh, middle of the road or bottom teams in the SEC so I think kind of figuring out which Kellen Mond shows up and he hasn't had great performances in the past against Alabama I think that'll be a big key for Texas AM. and and then the biggest thing is them losing Jamon Osmond their top wide receiver who decided to opt out I mean that has completely changed their team and I think we saw that with LSU with some of the opt outs they had and they didn't have Derek Stingley who was sick over the weekend you know that completely changes the makeup of your roster. Now, there's still a lot of talent in terms of the running back, uh, Isaiah Spiller, who carried the ball a lot last year, and Nia Smith is a really talented uh, running back as well. But those receivers, and, you know, they have some experience coming back from last year, but really nobody that started last year. You know, Cam Brown's explosive, Caleb Chapman, Jalen Preston, all explosive guys, and then we know that Mond likes to dump it out to his tight end, Jalen Weidermeyer as well. But I think it's an AM team that's really trying to find out who they are are and I, I think they'll play a lot sharper coming up against alabama on saturday uh, there's nothing quite like a week one wake-up call and i think that's what they receive more than anything else uh, against vanderbilt is now they kind of know where their weaknesses are as they get to take the field without some of their big pieces like jamon osmond who decided to opt out for the year but you know this is an a and team that a lot of people were high on you know i interviewed phil Steele, who does his preseason magazine, I interviewed him in July and he talked about how AM was his really surprise team of the year and thought, you know, they should finish number five in the nation, which I really didn't have them uh, finishing higher than LSU or Auburn in the West. But, you know, experts like him and others around the country were really high on this team just based on the fact that they have 16 starters returning. And that's something Coach Saban mentioned yesterday in his press conference is that, you know, anytime you have a veteran team like this, you're going to have success. And uh, they are 1-0 on the season. And I think a lot kind of remains to be determined about what the Aggies will look like going up against Alabama. But I would imagine they will have a sharper performance. Now, will they be as successful? Uh, that remains to be seen. But I would expect them to play much better coming up on Saturday than what they showed in College Station.
2: Yeah, I could see that. Um, what, what position group matchup are you most excited about in the Texas A&M game?
1: I want to see uh, Alabama's defensive line dominate. I want to see them really dominate a good veteran offensive line because uh, the Aggies do bring back on the offensive line. Uh, they bring back four of five starters from a year ago. So these are some really talented players that are going to be uh, playing in the National Football League down the road. I want to see if you know DJ Dale, LeBron Ray can continue uh, wreaking havoc on the field. Uh, that's what I mainly want to see. And I want to see Alabama just take away uh, the running game as well because we've mentioned it. Alabama's got a very very young secondary, so if the D-line, the linebackers can help take away the running game and really dominate the line of scrimmage, that's going to force Kellen Mond to have to pass, and at times, he's been kind of interception-prone. He's made some mistakes, and if Alabama can do that, they'll be in really good shape, and then on the other side of the football, I I just look for Alabama to play its game. It's kind of the feeling I had even last year with Tua and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and then Devontae Smith and Waddle after that just there are so many good options for Mac Jones right now. And I think he's using them very well. You know, it was great to see him connect to Miller Forrestal for a big gain of the tight end. So I've got a lot of confidence right now in this Alabama offense, very much the same way I felt in 2018 and 2019 with Tua at the controls or even Jalen before that. Just there are so many good options. It's just kind of fun every Saturday to see, you know, who's going to be the guy scoring all the big touchdowns. You know, last week it was Jalen Waddle with two. Maybe they'll play rock, paper, scissors again. And it'll be Devontae Smith will have a big performance you know maybe not not quite like his Ole Miss game last year but you never know with this team and that's what makes it a lot of fun
0: you know and, and speaking of that wide receiver group kind of kind of offbeat a little bit I, I, I'm waiting on that third guy to to make big plays you know like John Mechie. I mean even when when Ruggs and Judy and Smitty were there Waddle would have a big game I mean you know hence the, the Auburn game last year I mean he was mm-hmm. the fourth option last year and you know, he's, he's scored four touchdowns against Auburn. And I'm not saying John Mechie has Waddle-type talent, but he is a talented guy. And, you know, maybe, maybe teams are going to try to take away Waddle and, and Smitty, and there's an opportunity for, for a guy like Mechie or, or a tight end to, to, you know, wreak some havoc on some secondaries. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if, if somebody like, like a John Mechie could step up the way that, that Waddle has in the past, the way that Smitty had in the past, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But you, you mentioned Kellen Mond and, and and kind of his Jekyll and Hyde career at Texas A&M. First of all, it seems like he has been there for 10 years. <laughs> right. and, uh, and, but you know, he, it, it is odd. Like like you said, one week he'll look like he could be an SEC Player of the Year, and then the next week it's it's kind of a looks like a, a true freshman deer in the headlights. So. Uh, it it kind of depends on what Kellen Mond shows up Saturday in Tuscaloosa. That will have a lot to do with how Texas A&M performs. Because because like you mentioned, I believe that the Alabama defense and the defensive line, uh, their, their game plan is going to be to shut down Isaiah Spiller and the, the A&M running game and and see if Kellen Mond can beat them. And on the other side, I'm excited to see how Najee Harris you know, wow. continues. I believe that he is – he is the the focal point of the offense this season, and uh, you know he, he every time we got them down there in the red zone last week, uh, it was it was gonna we were gonna feed uh, <laughs> feed Najee Harris the ball, and uh, I just I, w- I wanted to get a little insight from you on, on Najee Harris and the work that he done this off season to to improve. It looks like he's maybe a little thinner and quicker. Uh, maybe the weight is the same, but he just looks he looks in better shape. He looks quicker and. And kind of kinda of behind the scenes on what Najee has done this off season to prepare for this for his senior year.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think he certainly gained some speed. We keep hearing from Jalen Waddell about the fact that Jalen feels faster because of the new strength coaches, Baloo and Ray. And I think that's translated to really everybody on this team for Alabama. And Najee looks like he's in tremendous shape. You know, I think a lot of people thought maybe he would go out for the draft this past year. But I think once he in his mind made the commitment to coming back to Alabama, it wasn't just a commitment to play well and hopefully win a national championship for Alabama, but he wants to keep improving his draft stock. And, you know, he's looking like like, you know, a younger version of Derrick Henry out there right now. I mean, he really is when you look at some of those Missouri tacklers trying to slow him down. I mean, you know, they were doing their best just to get a hit on him at times. So uh, I really was impressed by what Najee could do. And it was almost like, you know, 17 carries, 98 yards. Yeah, he was able to score uh, right around the goal line on those quick handoffs and one yard plunges. But, you know, it almost didn't seem like we got to see the true Najee in that game. And that's a good thing because as we mentioned, it was 28 to 3 (laughs) at time. So, right. uh, you know, there are going to be times where Najee is going to completely take over a game and he's going to make those freakish athletic plays. You know, my jaw is still down on the floor from the play he made with the hurdle at South Carolina. Oh, you know, that's yeah. one of the best plays I've ever seen uh, in person ever. So uh, I think he's playing with a lot of confidence and it's not just the confidence for him, but I think Steve Sarkeesian knows how to use him a little bit more. And I think there was a big learning curve last year in realizing that kind of late in the season, especially like in games against Auburn or Michigan, you know, Sarkeesian realized that maybe Najee was carrying the load a little bit too much. So that's another way that now that Mac Jones has more confidence in the way he's running the offense, you know, now they can kind of spread it out a little bit. And I think Brian Robinson was good when he came in. Uh, You know, Trey Sanders, I still don't know if we have the best read on just yet because of the offensive line was so different when he had his chances to run and you know nine carries only game gained- positive one yard. Uh, So I think we we have a lot to be determined with the rest of the running backs room, but certainly the leader is Najee. And that's why a lot of people I think had some even early Heisman hope for him because it seemed like it was going to be another one of those years like Derrick Henry when he won the Heisman in 2015, even Mark Ingram to a degree in 09, where you just know this is the go-to back and Najee is that guy for Alabama. And I agree with you. He looks fast, he's carrying well, and it was almost an effortless performance. It seemed like against Missouri He's got tougher defenses coming up starting this week with AM and even the week after with Ole Miss. But um, it's going to be really fun to see him continue to grow over the season because, you know, those games are coming where it's going to be the fourth quarter. Alabama is going to be trying to protect a touchdown lead or even less. And it's you're going to get to see what I call a nausea drive, you know, where they're going to just go down the field, maybe 80 yards, and he's going to get you 60 of those. I, I can't wait until we get to see something like that.
0: Yeah, that's, that, that's the type of drive that, that, that Saban likes, too, when,
1: mm-hmm. when,
0: when the other team knows you're going to run it and they still can't stop it. And <laughs> that's, that, that's what Saban likes to see, and, and I believe that this team is built more for that than maybe the past couple of years with that big offensive line and, and with, with Najee back there. But before we let you go, Roger, I, I got one more question that just kind of you, you mentioned earlier that you know, the teams see the most improvement between week one and week two. What do you believe is is the biggest need for improvement on this team right now?
1: Uh, Cleaning up the penalties because that was what Coach Saban was most fired up with. And, you know, if I was wearing a crimson jersey, I think that would be my main priority is making sure that when you get in the locker room, that's not the first thing he says is, hey, we wanted to clean up the penalties and we didn't do it. Uh, Just too many of those, especially like pre-snap penalties, I know really got under his skin. And that can sometimes happen, you know, before games. So the first game of the year. So seven penalties for 49 yards last week. I believe five of those were pre-snap penalties. So that's something certainly to clean up. Um, I think that's really the main thing. And then maintaining that intensity all throughout a game. That was another one of his big points after the game was that he really didn't like how, you know, some of the second teamers played in the fourth quarter, allowing Missouri to find the end zone and kind of leading to that misleading score of 38 to 19. I think he, especially at home, wants to see Alabama just really establish that Bama factor once again and really put an opponent away I. Uh, throughout all 60 minutes of the football game, regardless who's on the field. So I think those are two really big things. Um, Just otherwise, I would say just continue to see what we've seen. You know, who knows? It could be Devontae Smith's big game instead of Jalen Waddell. You know, Mac could continue finding that third option. Maybe he does feed John Mechie a little more. Maybe Slade Bolden comes in and we get to see a little bit of Wildcat. Maybe we get to see more Bryce Young. I mean, he was certainly impressive in the time he was on the field, even without some of the great protection. Um, You know, he was throwing lasers when he was throwing the football. So uh, (laughs) I'm excited. The the one where.
0: (laughs) <laughs> the one where yeah. the the snap was bad, he just kind of side armed it to 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 Devonte Smith in the slot. I mean that that just shows the I I don't know what the word is. He, he's just a football player.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of Patrick Mahomes. I know most. Right. Of you since for him have been uh, to Kyler Murray because of his size and how elusive he can be, but he kind of reminded me of Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes, a lot of times, will just sling it almost like Brett Favre style uh, with some behind-the-back style, just crazy <laughs> little flicks, uh, and that kind of reminded me of that. So, yeah, there's just so much to look forward to with this team and uh, finding that consistency on special teams along with defense and the offense, uh, just things I think early in the year can really click for this team, and this is a much better opponent in AM. and m and then after that, you get ready to go on the road to Ole Miss, and I think the Rebels are going to score some points. That's going to be a big day for the defense coming up. Can Alabama slow down Lane Kiffin's offense? I think Alabama's going to score points fine. If Florida can post (laughs) 50-plus points, I think Alabama's going to be able to have a pretty big day in Oxford, but then it's Georgia after that, and the Bulldogs we don't know right now and you know who knows mississippi state could be the toughest bulldogs left on the schedule with the (laughs) way things took out in week one so it's a great time of the year not just to have football back but now we're really going to see a lot of football things kind of take focus as opposed to all the COVID 19 football protocols you know what can a game look like we know what a game can look like now now let's go play football
0: absolutely well roger we really appreciate you taking some time with us today and and, and like we talked off air, we'd love to get you back on as basketball season gets closer and, and kind of talk about what Nate Oates is building there in Tuscaloosa with the men's basketball program. We're all excited about that. And uh, we just appreciate you taking time with us today. And, and Roll Tide.
1: Hey, Roll Tide, you guys, I'm a big fan of your work. I've followed you guys on Twitter for a while, so just keep it up. Uh, you guys are a great resource for Alabama fans and look forward to connecting with you more in the future. Roll Tide.
0: Roll Tide.